welcome to the Recaps Podcast, a podcast where we dip our caps in the blood of our listeners and we ramble on about old school games. In today's episode, we are going to go through and listen to some voicemails and respond to them uh, from the calls that we've had for the various episodes over the last couple of weeks since we've been back. Before we get to those voicemails, though, I want to play a really cool song that kind of fits the theme of today's episode. So as always, I hope you can sit back, listen, and enjoy. Funny things, funny things you said, funny things. The band you just heard is actually called the Red Caps. They were a British pop band in the 1960s. Uh, they're often listed as one of those bands that really should have made it, but just didn't. Uh, one of the uh, members of their band uh, eventually went on to play for other really well-known bands, such as Fleetwood Mac and Black Sabbath. Anyhow, uh, this isn't a music podcast, but I just heard that and I thought it was really catchy and uh, it's got the Red Caps as the name of the band. So I had to had to play it, right? Um, so anyway, let's get to the phone call. So the very first one is going to be, uh, the very first one that I got when we got back was from Jason, welcoming me back and talking about variable HP. So the next few calls will all be on that topic and I'll jump in and out um, as, uh, as we go. So Jason, take it away. Hey, Jason here. Glad to hear you back on the air. You know, I talked about this hit point concept back, I don't know, March, April timeframe on my show, and I got a lot of kickback, a lot of, especially from Daniel over at Bandit's Keep. He really hated the idea of rerolling hit points and having, like, around when you sleep and the idea that, you know, if you have bad night's sleep, you'll wake up with less hit points. That, that really got in his crawl. So I, I look forward to seeing what kind of response you get to this concept. I kind of like it, but I'm a mean GM, so I might not be the best. Because um, I like the idea that variable hit points, you know, is the side of the bed you rolled all, you know, rolled out of that day or luck that day. Because hit points in D&D are luck, and they're not just flesh and bone. So I, I think having them be variable makes sense. But, yeah, I got... I'm interested to see what kind of feedback you get. So take care. Glad to hear you on the air again and talk to you soon. Well, Jason, I think he's been so upset he hasn't even bothered to come back in and call. Now, I'm sure Daniel is very busy. I have not heard from him, so you will not hear him on this episode. But we did hear from several other folks on this same topic. And... I agree with you, Jason. I think it'd be really interesting. I've not played with it. That's the caveat. I don't know if it actually works at the table, but you know, in theory craft, I really like the idea of the, of the HP being variable um, and it being kind of something that is, is luck based. Um, but yeah, let's hear what some other folks had to say about it. Uh, we also had a call in from Taylor over at Claire Square Ringmail. I always say chain mail, but it's Claire, Claire Square Ringmail. So Taylor, what do you have to say? Welcome back to the mic, my man. Uh, I don't want to say it's been a while since I last heard your voice, but between now and your last episode, my wife literally had a baby. Uh, that said, uh, interesting topic. I know a friend of mine had tried something to that effect, or at least he postulated on it. I will have to reach out to him to see how it worked in his game, uh, though the question that he did not have an answer to was natural healing. Uh, that said, I think you had an answer for it in your episode, which I thought was kind of elegant. You keep track of the damage, and if it uh, keeps you too low, you're just bedridden that day. That 
that could definitely work. So if I hear back from my buddy, I will let you know. If I don't, I will uh, look forward to hearing how it works at your table. Again, welcome back, and I will keep on messaging you as long as the app allows. Delvon. Congratulations, Taylor. Uh, that is awesome news uh, and that the expansion of your family went like that. I'm sorry I was gone so for so long that you were able to accomplish that, but I'm really happy that everything is good uh, at home. And if you guys have not listened to Cleric Square Ringmail, you should definitely be listening to his podcast. Every once in a while, you'll get a little bit of a snippet of family life in the background. Uh, I remember a recent episode, uh, his uh, his little guys were out in the yard doing yard work or something to that effect, and it was very, very cute. So definitely give him a listen. Um, and I'm very interested, Taylor, if uh, your buddy had a different solution for that. Uh, I'd be interested to know uh, what he did or if he thinks uh, my idea works well. Um, but yeah. Also, um, next call that's coming up is also from Taylor and it's actually an expansion on this variable HP and it's so amazing. Uh, and not only it's, it's amazing for the idea, but the way he presents it, uh, it's like he just read out a rule book to us and I can't wait to play that for you. So Taylor, what's your follow up to the variable HP? Hangover dice. For every third ale or every other liquor consumed by the character the night before, an additional die is added to the pool rolled for hit points in the morning. The character rolling for hit points keeps low the number of dice appropriate to their level. Thus, a character of third level who consumed one hangover die worth of liquor would roll four dice, keeping the lowest three. Taylor, you just in that one call defined everything that is amazing about the OSR. The fact that somebody can come up with a silly idea like I did, um, or actually I didn't come up with that idea. I'm sure many other people have, as Jason mentioned before, he did earlier. But then somebody else hears that and then immediately a thought triggers in their mind and they come up with a way to improve on it or just build on it. Um, that was awesome. And when I do get this to the table, that is definitely going in as the rule because that is amazing. Uh, thank you very so much for that call. Um, Continuing this topic, the last call we have on variable hit dice, uh, sorry, variable hit points, is Rob. So, Rob, what do you have to say about this? Hey, Kevin, it's Rob from Down in a Heap calling in about your idea about hit points and rolling them every day, um, every game day, whatever, to to see where the characters are at, to see, like, um, how lucky they are that day or how well they're feeling and stuff. I guess I view hit points more as just like your fighting capability or ability to avoid damage and stuff is more like your skill rather than so much luck and stuff. And yeah, it's that would just be too variable to me. I think you'd have people just waiting to see when their hit point rolls sync up. So there'd be a lot of Sitzkrieg. Oh, Joe rolled really bad today, so we'll wait. Oh no, I rolled really bad that day. And you know, how often is, is everyone gonna roll well enough where they agree upon, yep, this is the day we go on the adventure. The other thing is, are you, you're not really making other uh, class abilities variable. So while hit points are the most important to a fighter, I'd argue, because they're usually the characters that are in line to take damage most often, you know, they're in the, in the vanguard or the rear guard more often than other player character classes. So having this variable role will potentially affect them the most. So, but you're not 
saying, oh, magic user, you got a horrible night's sleep, so let's see if you how many spell slots you have this day. Or thief, you rolled terribly, you, you slept really poorly, so let's see what your thieving abilities are today. So, I don't know, I, even though hit points do affect everyone, I think it would penalize fighters the most if you did something like this. And, of course, I'd have to play to see how it actually works out, but just from a theoretical standpoint, I'm not really a fan. Hey, Rob, thank you very so much for the call. Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, until it actually gets played at a table, who knows? It's all theory craft. Um, so I can't tell you that, hey, this definitely works really well um, and you should definitely go do it. It's all theory. But my response to your concerns, um, and I get what you're saying. I, I can I can see how that those items could be a problem. But here's my response to why I don't personally think they're as big of a problem as maybe you do. I don't think this is on balance towards the fighter i think in fact of all the classes the fighter comes out of this still the best because they have more hp to begin with so if they have a bad night um sure they've lost a little bit of their hp but they started with so much more because their hit dice is higher uh that they're still okay whereas if you take the mage or the magic user and take their tiny hit dice and their tiny amount of potential um, HP and you reduce that even more, they're even more squishy now. So I think, you know, from that standpoint, um, it's the, it's the non-fighter characters that are actually have the most to lose with this. Um, as far as how you get the players to not do this whole, Hey, we're going to spend a week here until all of our HPs happen to line up. And that's the day we're going to go out is you have a ticking clock in your world. You make sure that world is doing stuff as they're, you know, lazing around and healing up. You could also add in some sort of a mechanic that every day that they completely rest, like if they take a full day of rest, then one of the hit die is, you know, locked at a high value or something. I don't know. I'd have to play with that some more. But um, I think that's how you get around that. And I, I, I wonder if players would adjust their game's play style uh, with this to maybe taking more advantage of hirelings and retainers and, uh, you know, spending more money on like healing potions and things like that. Uh, I wonder if they would begin to try to get around the fact that they don't know exactly how much hit points they would have at any given day by using other aspects of the game. I don't know. It's again, until we get it to the table, we don't know, but uh, I really do appreciate it. And I, I understand your concerns. I just don't know if I agree with how severe they might be, but let's uh, switch from a topic that Rob and I may or may not agree on completely to one that I think we do completely agree on. And that is his idea about OSR October. And I've got a couple of phone calls in about that. The first one is from the Pink Phantom, who I think this is his first time ever calling into the podcast. I've been listening to his recently. It's amazing. And uh, so, Mr. Phantom, what do you have to say about OSR October? Hey, Pink Phantom here. Uh, I was just finished listening to your podcast about the OSR October idea. And uh, I think it's I think it's the first podcast that I've heard that's actually... Uh, put forward in, you know, a, you know, an idea of what it should look like. And I actually have a podcast coming out on Thursday, Phantom Thoughts, hashtag shameless plug, that where I basically talk about the OSR in October, but I ask just a lot of questions of, you know, what's it going to look like? What's it about? And I, I really like your ideas. I think that's intriguing. I think it's true to the flavor of OSR. And uh, I think it's a great starting point for for what we want to do in October. So thank you very much. Great job. 
Thank you. And I did listen to that episode that you put out uh, about OSR October. And some of the questions you asked were really, really thought provoking. And the key one, obviously, being uh, if you haven't listened to his episode yet, please do go and uh, subscribe to his podcast and listen to those. But he asked a key question of, you know, if we're going to have an OSR October, how do you define the OSR? Um, I mean, that's the very first episode I have of this podcast is how do you define the the OSR? And it's something that hasn't gotten any easier for anybody to define since I started the podcast or long before I ever thought of starting up one. Um, but it is an interesting question. How do you have a month based on the OSR if nobody can agree on what the OSR actually is? And um, I, I don't have a great answer for that. I think it's I think it's just a, a time where you have to celebrate the aspects of the OSR that you personally uh, feel belong to it and that you personally think are positive. Um, I don't know if, if you're ever going to get, you know, any group of five, 10 people to agree exactly what that definition is, but I don't think you need to either. So, um, yeah, but thank you very much for the phone call is very much appreciated. And I'm really enjoying your new podcast. So keep up the great work with that. Um, I did have one other person that called in with regards to the, um, OSR October and some of the calls to action I had on it. And I'll play that here now. Hey, this is Direct Sun from Direct Sun Games. I just listened to your entire back catalog. I like everything that you put out, and I can't wait to hear more. Please keep making these. Thank you. Hey, this is Direct Sun. I'd love to take you up on your offer and come on the show and talk about how I've been making puzzle dungeons and uh, some difficulties that I've had uh, in doing that and uh, the process. Um, and I'd love to talk about the OSR for, I guess, the OSR month in October. Uh, what drew me to it, and what's special about it, and uh, what I could get from it from that I couldn't get from other things. That voice you heard was Chris from Direct Sun Games. Uh, Direct Sun Games has put out a couple of products. Uh, they're both mostly puzzle dungeons, and... Uh, definitely check them out. There will be a future episode in in the near future uh, where Chris and I sit down and talk more about puzzles and dungeons and how he approaches it and my maybe not so positive viewpoint on them. And, you know, maybe he'll teach me some things. My view will change, but definitely stay tuned for that. And that open invitation is out there for anybody. If you have a topic uh, that you want to talk about, um, if it's related to the OSR, um, you know, we can, we can definitely sit down and have that conversation. And I'd really like to have some folks lined up for OSR October. So I think uh, Chris and I will have a, a conversation soon uh, with regards to puzzle dungeons in particular. And then if everything goes well and he isn't uh, completely fed up with me after that, I'll definitely bring him back and we'll do something in October for OSR October. Um, so leaving that call, let's go over to our list of calls and see who we have coming up next. The next call we have today is from Joe talking about the episode we had on biphasic sleep. Joe, what do you think about that? Hey, Kevin, it's Joe. As a notorious, terrible sleeper, I thought your episode on the sleeping habits of medieval times to be fascinating, man. Thank you for sharing that. I love learning cool little facts like that. And yeah, putting it into a game, that sounds like a really fun idea, especially, you know, because I don't think I don't think most people know about that, right? So you put it in a game and people are like, what the hell's going on? They, like you were saying, this thief sneaks out at night and boom, there's like a party going on in the middle of the street at like one in the morning. Awesome, man. It's always fun to learn. That's why I love listening to all these different podcasts. Yours is right up in the mix, man. So have a good night, rest of your day, whatever. Stay cool and I will talk to you later. Peace out. 
That was Joe Richter, a serial review connoisseur. Uh, he has an amazing podcast where he talks about various types of serial and occasionally about RPG games. So you should definitely go check that out. It's hindsightless. It's down in the list of uh, podcasts. I'm teasing a little bit. Um, Joe does have a fantastic podcast. Serial only comes up once in a while, although it should be more often given how the last few episodes have gone. And uh, yeah, Joe, thanks very much for calling in and uh, links to everybody's shows will be down in the show notes. So go check those out. And uh, I'm glad you you enjoyed that little bit of rabbit hole. I wasn't sure whether that was going to come off as like super nerdy, pushing my glasses up by the bridge of my nose going, well, actually, you see, this is how things worked back then. But it was one of those rabbit holes you fell down and thought I'd share the knowledge. So glad you enjoyed it. So let's see what we have up next. And we're going to end off the, the show with a few calls coming in from Jason. Uh, first one is going to be in response to the hot takes episode I had, and he's calling in in defense of DCC and his thoughts on my thoughts about the funny dice. Take it away, Jason. I find it hilarious in a hobby where people collect dice and have metal dice and have all kinds of special dice. And, and you know, not, obviously not everybody collects dice, but tons of people do but they want to complain about DCC's special dice, whatever. And their die rollers, there are rules in the book to use regular dice and convert those numbers to the DCC rolls. You can easily play DCC without the regular dice. But I, I realize to some people, I think it's just a good excuse to avoid getting into it. As far as the Gonzo part, definitely, I mean, that's something that draws me in there. But there are settings like the Langmar setting that are more grounded. And, and if you want a more grounded, closer to sword and sorcery kind of thing, the Langmar setting is, is pretty darn good. I, I've really enjoyed the sessions of Langmar and DCC that I've been able to play. On the plus side, I pretty much totally agree with all your comments on OSR and, and those topics. And as far as OSE goes, I think in addition to missing the examples, for this old Grognard, I miss the art in BX. I think the art in BX is much better, and I'm not talking about technical, you're gonna get graded art school. I mean, art that I enjoy looking at, I would much rather look through BX. Now, I'm not putting OSE down. Mr. Norman's done a great job with it and put out a lot of great stuff and people love it, but I'll take the BX books any day of the week. Great hearing you back on the air and I'll talk to you soon. I think there's definitely some level of truth there where people use the funny dice as a way to filter out DCC um, in a world where there is so many game systems. Having something where you're like, ah, well, I don't got the dice to play that one and let you move on um, is definitely a true thing. Is it fair to the game system? Probably not. Um, is it the only reason I don't play DCC? No, but it's definitely a way that I can go, eh, I don't, I don't have the dice and then I can just move on to something else. Um, I do agree with the Langmar setting. I've read that. It looks amazing. It's very true to the literature that it's pulling from. And um, yeah, so I'm, I'm in complete agreement there. I should give DCC a better shot. I like some of its ideas. Like I like the idea of the funnel um, and stuff like that from DCC. Um, I enjoy some of the concepts they have in the game. I just have a real hard time getting myself into it for some reason. It may just go back to my whole thing that I'm going through right now where I'm like, I don't want any more systems. I just want settings um, and adventures. Uh, I have my, the systems that I like and I'm, I'm happy with those, but who knows in two months, maybe my whole mindset on that changes again, because this hobby is silly and we change our minds all the time. Um, 
But yeah, thank you very much for the call. As far as the comments on BX versus OSE, I agree the art's better as well. I think it's more evocative. I think it's, I think the core BX books, like the, the original books, um, for a beginner, offer a little bit better uh, in terms of it being evocative art that sets the tone for what the game is and does a better job of teaching. I think OSE is much better for somebody who knows the game and wants a really pretty reference book. Um, and that's what I use it for. Although OSE can be used definitely for a beginner as well, because it's laid out really well. Um, I think they lose something that they would have gotten by going to the original BX books first. So, um, so yeah, thank you very much for the call, Jason, as always, uh, awesome insight into things. And we're actually going to end the episode off with one more call in from Jason, where he's talking about adversarial players. So Jason, what's your thought on those? Very cool. Great episode on the adversary player. I think it would definitely work, and especially online, I think it's a great idea. Um, I, yeah, I, I could definitely see that being very useful tool in DM's toolbox. And the other time that comes in that I have seen it used is when a player's character dies and it's not convenient to introduce another character during that session and there's not a hireling or somebody else that player can take control of I've seen the DM give monsters to that player to run during combats. So I, I think it's done a little bit, but not very often as a dedicated, you know, like a secondary GM that just runs the monsters. Although this brings up if the VTTs and online play work so great for this, why not use them to run PvP where you have multiple parties vying against each other for a goal, like, you know, in a dungeon scenario, attorney kind of scenario. I think that would work really well online as well. Yeah, I think, Jason, uh, if I'm understanding you correctly, having multiple GMs in a VTT running two parties in the same geographical area in the same timeline could definitely work. Because I've always struggled with how you would do that, having like a PvP or um, two competing um parties in the same geographical area in the same timeline uh seems impossible with a single gm uh running separate game sessions but if you did them as simultaneous game sessions with two different gms that were had like a back channel communication that they could talk to each other about what's happening in on the various tables uh you could do something really cool there i think um so yeah that's a neat idea um if you got more thoughts on that let me know i'd be interested to hear what you have to say on it uh, so, folks, that wraps up this episode of the Red Caps Podcast. I wanted to thank everybody who called in and gave feedback and all the welcomes back I got. Uh, I really appreciate everybody kind of sticking and not unsubscribing during the long absence. Um, I wanted to say, too, that we've always been doing the the voice calls in via the Anchor app. And you may have heard uh, from other folks that that may or may not be going away at some point in the future. For as long as it's there, definitely please go in and, and leave me voicemails on the Anchor app. That's awesome. I am trying out something, um, so I'll mention it on this episode. We'll see how it works, but I opened up a phone number. So if you're in the U.S. and you have long distance that's free or what have you in the U.S., you can give me a phone call at 385-2-REDCAP or 385-273-3227. Uh, if you give me a call there, that'll you can leave a voicemail, I think up to like five minutes long or something, and it'll drop it to me and I can include it in the show. Um, so yeah, it's just something I'm testing. If it works, great, I'll keep it. If not, it'll go away. Uh, but look for that phone number in the show notes and, and you can go from there. So that wraps up this episode of the Red Caps Podcast. Like I said, I hope you enjoyed, you learned something and that you're eager to come back for more. You can head over to anchor.fm slash the Red Caps, uh, or like I said, you can give a phone call to that phone number or simply visit www.theredcaps.net and all the ways to contact me will be listed there. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you very so much for listening 
And remember, never let your caps dry out. Stay safe. Have fun. We'll talk again soon. Take care. Funny things.